Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Joining me today for this special edition of Take Two is Becky Edwards, our final candidate we haven't talked to in the U.S. Senate race. Thanks so much for coming in. Really happy to be here. We're getting dangerously close. I think a lot of people's minds are not exactly <laughs> on elections or primaries coming up because we're thinking about the end of school, but mm -hmm. we're going to be getting those ballots in the mail in just a couple of weeks. So when we're getting to this point, what are you doing as a candidate to make sure that people remember we do have an election? Well, I appreciate the kind of the opportunity to talk about it a little bit because we are 21 days from today. Ballots will start to drop in the mailboxes of registered Republicans. We have a automatic mail-in process here in Utah for voting. So that's in, that'll start in 21 days. And the actual election itself is in, in 41 days and six weeks. So it's an exciting time of the campaign. We are ramping up. We are in that final, that final sprint, and we've had a lot of exciting things kind of roll out in the past little bit. We have TV ads and radio and digital billboards and everything we can do to get name recognition out there and share our message. Excellent. Here we like to talk issues because we really want people to understand who mm -hmm. they're voting for if they can't get out to a meeting and meet you in person. Uh, talking about the events of the day right now, we're seeing the president in Buffalo, New York, where unfortunately we've had yet another mass shooting. Ten people are dead. Every time we have one and there's a pause, we think, okay, maybe that'll be the end and we won't have to talk about this again. But it always seems to happen again. When we have something like this, as a candidate, are you thinking there's something that congressional candidates or uh, members of the Senate or the House can actually do about this? Are there gun laws? Is hate speech a problem? Is mental health a problem? What do you focus on when you hear something like this? You know, I think I start out by thinking of myself as a member of the broader community here in our country and how each one of us can play a part in prevention of these kinds of attacks. They're, they're heartbreaking and you're absolutely right. At the end of each one, we think, Man, maybe this is the last. Maybe there's something unique that led to this and we won't see this again. But over and over we see that's not true. And I think it's going to take a comprehensive approach from, from all of us looking at uh, mental health supports, looking at the way we deal with hate speech and, and even you know earlier than that, forms of bullying and things our kids are experiencing in schools, what we can do as community members. And, and as a, as a part of that, certainly we're looking at any type of legislation that could help with, with prevention and to really encourage firearm safety because this is, this is terribly heart-wrenching and uh, we're, we're growing tired, I think, mm -hmm. as a country of sending our hopes and prayers out to people who need a whole lot more than that. They need action. Do you believe that action should come in the form of more gun control? I think we're we're looking at ways, sort of like the approach that, that Utah has taken. You know, I served for 10 years in the Utah House. And when we were talking about firearm safety, we really focused especially around the suicide prevention piece of this and how uh, firearms are frequently 
part of um, completion of suicide, death by suicide for so many, especially vulnerable youth in our community. And we really brought people together, including uh, gun owners and people who are strong supporters of the Second Amendment, as I am, and said, how do we, how do we address this? So it's not only about gun regulation, clearly. It is about uh, safe, gun safety and supporting efforts around safe storage and things like that that I think help bridge that gap in, in the suicide area from when that uh, thought comes into someone's mind and that five or 10 minutes until, mm -hmm. until they actually uh, go through with it. And if we can create barriers for that, even this is around safety of firearms, which is something that responsible gun owners really support and people in the community, then that's a good place to start. And we've done some action on that here in Utah. And I think on the federal level, we want to be very careful that we continue to support the Second Amendment like we do all of the, the tenets of the Constitution. But also top of mind has to be how we address mental health in these situations and the warning signs, like in the situation mm -hmm. with Buffalo, this was in some ways not a surprise. This individual was certainly known to people in law enforcement um, long before this happened the it, other day. It does seem that almost every time we hear something like this that there were warning signs. It also seems that almost every time that the shooter gets their gun through legal means. Mm -hmm. So is this a societal problem where we need to look at this? I was looking at the CDC numbers from the last year that they've released and gun deaths were up by 35, 35%. So is this a community problem? Is it? Uh, what kind of overall problem is it? Or is it just one of those things we've got to deal with on a human by human basis and try to fix and make sure that people aren't left alone or get to the point where they feel like this is um, something that is a good decision? I think it's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of understanding uh, why people get to this situation. Uh, and again, suicide is certainly a big part of this, but it also is, you know, violence against others is Another big piece of this as well, mental health, uh, how, do we, how do we talk to each other? Mm -hmm. And this is where really leadership does matter and the type of dialogue that we engage in, even as political leaders, it matters, makes a difference. And I think it's going to require all of us. This includes community members, mm -hmm. uh, elected officials, people in the community, and uh, neighbor to neighbor, family to family, making an effort. Uh, before we move on, this this shooting um, seems to be race-based and that they were specifically going mm -hmm. after a black community. There's a lot of talk online on social media right now that our country uh, thrives on white supremacy and we're a hateful country. Do you believe that to be the overarching problem here or are these just a few bad apples that we've got to pick out? I think more than anything, we we are a country that is based on some of the principles around inclusivity and being a country that's welcome to new ideas and people uh, with different races, ethnicities, backgrounds, sexual orientation. We're, we're a country that does embrace all of that. We do have, we do have reactions mm -hmm. um, and circumstances that are outliers. And I'm, I'm happy to say, I believe that this is more of an outlier situation. But as a community and as a country, and certainly here in Utah, when we see this kind of speech and hate speech and uh, rhetoric that rises to the level of being dangerous, we need to call it out when we see it and we need to address it and be honest about, about it. We, we have to. Absolutely. 
Uh, I want to talk a little bit about inflation. It seems like everyone I talk to, that seems to be top of mind, whether you're talking about housing prices or how much we're spending at the grocery store, the gas pump. What do you believe you can personally do if elected to maybe inch us in the right direction? Because it seems like this is not a problem that's going to go away overnight. It's, I don't think it is a problem. It didn't come on overnight and it's not going to go away overnight. And all of us are feeling this, you know, at the gas pump, at the grocery store, we're all all seeing this and it's impacting how we live and how we spend our money. The end of the day, Congress has, has some uh, amount of responsibility here because they're not being fiscally responsible with uh, spending. And we've seen for far too long this divisive nature of Congress be really impactful in uh, setting aside some of these tenants that I believe all Americans believe in. If we don't have it, let's not spend it. Let's make sure that the dollars we are spending as a country are going uh, to things that are going to make a difference, that yep. matter, and we're efficient and effective. And those are conversations at the end of the day that uh, carry a special significance for members of Congress. They hold the purse strings. Mm -hmm. We expect better. And when they are so divisive and those conversations don't take place, and they are hard, then it's leaving Americans behind and Utahns behind, and we're seeing this type of inflation that's higher than we've seen in the past 40 years. We can do better. Yeah. Oftentimes I see uh, national and locally people getting mad at Senator Mike Lee, who you're running uh, against right now, because he'll vote against a massive spending bill. And let's say recently there was a massive spending bill and they hooked some Ukraine aid to it. Because he was against the larger spending bill because of the spending problem, he voted against what is a popular thing to vote for uh, aid for Ukraine right now. What do you do in that situation? Well, I think long before you get to the place where you're voting for the bill, you make your, your um, principles known. You're engaged in the formation of the legislation. You're engaged in those conversations. You're at the table where that's happening long before it comes to the vote. And at the end of the day, a, a no vote is, is not useful in advancing anything. It doesn't advance fiscal responsibility. It doesn't advance the Ukrainian aid that in this case we know is so important. It's incredibly important for the United States right now to be a strong member of NATO and to form um, an alliance in a very real way, financial mm -hmm. alliance with our allies and partners in NATO to provide humanitarian aid, as well as the necessary military services that, and equipment that they need to really bolster themselves and defend themselves against this egregious authoritarian regime who is attacking a sovereign nation. And it will not stop with Russia. It will, I mean, it will not stop with Ukraine. We know that it will continue and go on and on. It's incredibly important that we support the people of Ukraine. And I'm, on behalf of the people of Ukraine, I'm very disappointed to see that vote from Senator Lee. So you think that if you were in his position, you would have voted for that and just taken the extra money added to the budget that otherwise may not have needed to be there? Well, I think, as I said, I think you participate in those conversations mm -hmm. and you create an environment where things don't feel like they have to be all lumped together in order to get something done. And it's everything and you know, the kitchen sink. And in some cases right now we're seeing five kitchen sinks. Yeah, the way in. Congress does business these days. And I mm -hmm. think a lot of people hope that will change. Roe versus Wade, a big issue right now. I don't think a lot of people thought we'd be talking about this before the election, but uh, we had the leaked, not even decision. It was um, a pre-decision. We could call it a draft. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, where do you stand on the issue? Are you, um, what are you hoping to see from the Supreme Court? 
Boy, I think like all Americans, we were all surprised, weren't we, when we saw that draft and thought, this is, this is unprecedented. We've never seen this kind of thing before. Does it hurt our country? I, I believe it's concerning, especially around an issue that is so important and sensitive and deserves nuance to, to women and families across this country who experience abuse and, and trauma mm -hmm. and pregnancy loss. This is deeply concerning. And I think about uh, the impact if, if this uh, decision is overturned. Mm -hmm. What does it mean for women going through IVF? What does it mean for people experiencing miscarriages? What does it mean for people in many other circumstances, the sort of unintended consequences of a reversal? I have deep concern because on a one-on-one -on -one basis, these are, these are women in terrible situations, the, some of the most horrific things that, that a woman can experience. And what I want to see in our United States Senate and our Congress are people who are thoughtful and measured and judicious about these kinds of decisions that impact women and families across the country. And that's what we need more of. We need more of that type of mm -hmm. approach as opposed to a knee-jerk reaction uh, that does not move forward in a sensitive and nuanced way something that's this important. So does Roe v. Wade stand in your mind or should it go to states to make up the decision? I think what we have right now under Roe v. Wade, uh, I see no compelling reason to overturn Roe v. Wade. And I also support states having their own interpretation of this, as we already do. And we know that states across the country are, are doing that. A lot of voters probably here in the state of Utah might take issue with your stand on that. Uh, earlier, I think a few weeks ago, Ali Isom, who's also running against you, asked for you to drop out of the race, saying that you were too far left of the spectrum to be elected. Do you believe that uh, one or the other of you should be dropping out because it's creating uh, too much competition where it just makes it easier for Senator Mike Lee to be reelected? Ab absolutely not. It, you know, the reality is that all three of us, Mike, Ali, myself, we all earned a spot fair and square on the Republican primary ballot. And I support that. I have a strong belief that public dialogue of ideas is healthy. It's good for us. It's good to have these kinds of mm -hmm. discussions and bring this to the public square. And I think we've seen an incredible amount of engagement, certainly in our campaign, since I announced nearly a year ago. So mm -hmm. it's been fun to see the momentum and movement grow mm -hmm. around our campaign. What I can tell you is that we are confident in our message. We're confident in our vision. And we're prepared to uh, realize a path to victory, regardless of who else is in the race. And especially because I've, I served for 10 years as a Republican from Davis County, a solidly Republican district. I had five elections, three Republican primaries. And so I, I understand uh, what it means to be a measured, uh, pragmatic, person who gets things done on behalf of the people who have elected you and it's that mindset and that skill set I think that I'm hearing from people across the state they want to see more of in the United States Senate. Uh, people I think are hoping to hear from the debates too there's been a lot of talk over yeah. the last week or so what would happen do you support the concept of the GOP holding their own debates is there good reason for that? You know I, I take opportunities as they come and I'm I welcome the opportunity to participate in the Utah Debate Commission's debate. I hope Senator Lee can find uh, time to attend that one. And the Republican Party, absolutely. It's a Republican primary. They want to mm -hmm. hold their own debate. We'll be there. And I look forward to sharing 
again, our vision and our message with the voters of Utah. So who is committed right now to the GOP debate? Are all three of you committed yeah. to that? All three of us okay. will be there. That will be on June 1st, and that should be a, a great debate. Mm -hmm. They'll have their moderators and their questions. And then the Independent Utah Debate Commission, that will be televised, and that's on June 2nd. So in a way, this is just another opportunity for the voters of Utah in, in a way that we have not seen. Like I say, the level of engagement around mm -hmm. this race is really unprecedented. It's exciting. And it's, it's good for us. It's good for democracy. It's good for the people of Utah. And I really appreciate the support that we have had and realized from across the state and our, our volunteers and the people who are sharing our vision for a more productive, proactive, and inclusive leader in the United States Senate. Certainly a high bar that all of the Republican candidates met by getting those 28,000 signatures. Before yeah. I let you go, uh, Evan McMullen will be in the race. Whoever wins in the primary will face Evan McMullen. Uh, do you like the idea that he's running as an independent? Do you believe he's one of you as the Republicans, or should Kel Weston be the, com the competition? I, I leave those discussions to the Utah Democratic Party and those delegates at their state convention. All I know is right now our number one focus is on the June Republican primary on June 28th, ballots dropping in about three weeks, mm -hmm. and uh, taking our message to the voters of Utah. I appreciate the support and looking forward to uh, bringing better leadership to the state of Utah. Well, thank you so much for being with us, and thank you for joining us for this extra edition of Take Two. If people want more information, where do they go to hear about you? Uh, our website is Becky4Utah, F-O-R, Utah, uh, and we're on all the social media, so join us. We'd love to have you follow us and see what we're doing around the state and all of the social medias. We are at Becky4Utah. Very good. It's fun to be a part of the conversation. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you.